squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, bless her heart. Nikki Haley has made it official, doubly official. She's running for president. Uh, she didn't say one thing about the train. Even she's ignoring the train. Is she, did she ignore the train? She's made a big announcement. Everybody, I don't think she made anything. She didn't say anything about the balloons. She didn't say anything about the, the train. She barely said anything about Biden. I think her message is, I'm well groomed. Vote for me. I look great in a suit, a white suit, a cream colored suit. You know what? I'm sorry. You don't look as good as Tulsi Gabbard. Um, Women do have an advantage, quite frankly, in politics. Let's face it. For the most part, men are limited in what they wear. A suit and a tie. And what, how many how many colors can that suit be? Blue, dark blue, uh, gray, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, woman, I'm looking at three women right now. One is wearing a totally bright green turquoise uh, jacket. The other one's wearing a pink turtleneck and the other one, Nikki Haley, is wearing a cream-colored pantsuit. They all are perfectly well-dressed, but the the rules are such that they can wear whatever they want. It's What I'm trying to say is it's easier for a woman to stand out in politics. Um, but you know what? It's not about your gender. It's not about your race. It shouldn't be, at least, and I don't think it is anymore. I think America has wised up. We kind of – we're not going to be swayed by these cheap little gimmicks. Ooh, you know – Obama tried that crap on us, right? And we all learned a lesson. We're not falling for it anymore. We're not going to. Uh, just tried the, the first words out of her mouth. The very first words out of her mouth are, um, vote for me. I'm, I'm not a white person. Cut 22, please. Cut 22. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. Oh, wow. She was different. Uh, we're, everybody's different. Everybody's unique. Everybody. She's trying to, she's minimizing me because I, oh, I'm, 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 I'm bland, right? I'm a white man. That's so bland. That's so uncool right now. Why, why would you come out with the very first thing you say is that I'm not white? I'm not black. I'm different. It didn't work. Well, it did work with Barack Obama. He fooled a lot of us, but he's not. It's not going to work anymore. She can't get off of it. And then she goes to the Joe Biden school of uh, my parents were wise people and said all this crazy crap. Uh, but I'm basically inventing it. Cut 23. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Now, somebody wrote that speech for her. Somebody wrote this ad for her. Do you think they checked or they just thought it was a good line? I think they just thought it was a good line. (laughs) Every single day, your parents said, we're lucky to be in America. Every single day, every single day, your mother said, what is that? Don't focus on the differences. Focus on the similarities. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm sorry. This is my duty. This is my job. I have to do this. I, I just... It kind of infuriates me. It would be fun. It would be fun to run around the country running for president, uh, asking for money, doing, uh, getting favors done for you, right? That's kind of fun. That's why she's doing it, I think. It's fun. Beats working. You know, she came out today to do her big speech. You know what they were playing? Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. 
right? Eye of the Tiger. And she just comes out there like she's the champion. Champion of what? What has she done? Uh, you know, Rocky, Rocky had to go through Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 before the Rocky 3 and the cool song Eye of the Tiger. He had to become the champion of the world. She's the ex-governor of a very small state, which is, quite frankly, no big deal. Enough of this state pride. Do you run around, I mean, bragging that you're from New York? Do you brag about it when you go to other parts of the country? Do you? you can look at Donald Trump's speech when he declared on June 16, 2015. Number one, it was all about us. It was you, 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 you. It really it wasn't about him. This speech, this is all about her. Uh, all right, I got to do this. So listen, uh, Cut 24. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always it's a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. She says that. She repeats it. Various speeches of her saying it's a great day in South Carolina. Uh, all right. We're going to have to take your word for it. The thing with Trump is we knew he did those buildings. We knew he built that brand. We knew it. We didn't have to be convinced so he could go right to the issues. He didn't have to earn credibility with us. He had it. And that's what we need out of these people. You can't. She could talk about what she did in South Carolina uh, to the peanuts come home. She's not going to be. It's never going to seep into our bones because we got to take her word for it. And we're not going to do that. We're not. We shouldn't do that. And she shouldn't be running for president with this um, very thin resume. Here's the next thing. I guess the big crisis of her governorship was there was a church shooting. I'm sorry, but the governor has nothing to do with that. She makes it sound like she was a first responder. No, you uh, you just ran to the cameras like every other politician. You got to do that, I guess, when you're a governor. But um, there are pictures that she puts up of her in the memorial service. or Is it a funeral? Cut 25. And when evil did come... Police in South Carolina are looking for a gunman following a shooting at a church. Several victims. We don't know the uh, severity. We turned away from fear toward God and the values that still make our country the freest and greatest in the world. All right. I love it when they talk about God, but she tiptoed around it. And uh, that's I'm sorry. I don't think you should be putting yourself in a funeral, showing yourself at a funeral in a political ad. And that's what she did. I, I just think that's um, that's pandering. That's it's okay to go to the funeral, but to put it in your political commercial. Hey, what about the positive, the upbeat? You know, something something we all get excited about. Oh, and that comes. That's where she brings it back to her. All right, the girl power. You know that stupid slogan phrase, "girl power." It was big in like 1989. Girl power. Well, it finally got to South Carolina, and they still think it's cool. Apparently. Uh, cut 26. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. That silly line about uh, I don't put up with bullies, and when you kick back with heels, it hurts. I mean, that would probably kill in Charleston. The Chamber of Commerce, they'd be rolling and they'd be lining up for the pictures with Nikki Haley. But in the rest of the country, I'm sorry, we're not in the fourth grade. 
We're, we're bigger than that. We're older than that. We're uh, more mature. We've seen more. What can you do for us? And I counted it up, by the way. I think she says I, me, or my a dozen times. She says the word you three times. All about her. Imagine that. And in the most conventional ad I've ever seen. Actually, there's a famous movie called The Candidate from 1972 featuring Robert Redford as The Candidate. And they show Robert Redford the he's running. He's thirty years old. He's uh, his father was the governor. He he's kind of a reluctant candidate, and it exposes the political system for how stupid and vacuous and unserious it all is, right? And here's a commercial that they show him in the movie. All right, we just made a commercial about Bill McKay. That's his character, Bill McKay, and it looks and sounds like a real political ad. Take a look at this. Cut twenty, please. Cut twenty again. This is a movie. From 1972. If we're ever going to tackle the problems of the 1970s, we need all the strength a young man can give. Bill McKay has it. The conviction to push for real solutions to the problems of unemployment, poverty, and crime. The determination to put some action back into the United States Senate. The energy to fight the special interests on behalf of all the people of California. For a better way, Bill McKay. 51 years ago. And Nikki Haley goes to that same old stale playbook, the same one that Joe Biden used to get elected in Delaware in 1972. Listen to this again from her campaign kickoff, her president, Cut 21. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. Wow. And she's shaking hands just like Bill McKay was shaking hands. You know those phony shake, shaking everybody's hands, having coffee at the diner? It was all that. I'm surprised. Not a word about the balloon. Not a word about the Palestine fire. Palestine, they tell me it's called Palestine. Why is it called Palestine? Palestine, Ohio? It's Palestine, Ohio. Sorry. Uh, we're not getting the straight scoop on that, and we're not getting the straight scoop on these balloons, these objects. Joe Biden is MIA, totally MIA, AWOL. This is why you're supposed to want to be president, right? Moments like this, to lead, to lead. Instead, they're leaving even our, I don't want to give him too much credit, but our democratically elected representatives in the House and in the Senate, they're keeping them in the dark as well. And that means they're keeping us in the dark. Cut 27, please. Cut 27. No, I have no understanding, nor does anyone else, about how they're going to handle it the next time. Didn't really learn a darn thing. Did you get any answers as to what those other objects were? Not at all. Not at all? Not at all. There ought to be more transparency, whether it's from the president in a national address or through some other senior official. The American people need and deserve more facts. That was uh, Blumenthal, the last guy. Mike Lee, Republican of Utah before that, and Marco Rubio. Pretty smart guys, by the way, except for Blumenthal. He shouldn't even be in the Senate. You know, they hound uh, uh, George Santos for those fibs. Well, he told the biggest one of all that he served in Vietnam when he didn't. Anyway, uh, so where is Joe? He's uh, just kind of killing time. And who remembers this? I found this from the archives not that long ago. January of 2021. This solemn promise that Joe Biden makes all of us. You ready? You ready for this? Cut 28, please. Cut 28. Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. 
Wow, what a promise, huh? Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. Before God. You had to bring God into it, huh? Joe, you're on thin ice with God. You are. That's everyone's on their own. You can fix all this. You can fix all of this. Joe, I love you. I don't like you, but I love you. You can fix all of this. But this is, wow, you can't say something like that and do what you're doing and you're bringing God into it. That is, um, I'm no theologian. I'm no priest. But I think that's a pretty grave sin. Don't you? Really, the nerve of this guy. Hey, I don't know if you saw my uh, show last night, but I had James Rosen on, the Newsmax White House correspondent. Been around a long time covering the White House, uh, Washington, D.C. He's got a great book coming out on Antonin Scalia. This is a famous question that he asked. Uh, James unfairly got tortured for this online. But somebody had to ask it of Joe Biden. And listen to what he asks and listen to uh, the flip answer from the president. Cut 35, please. Cut 35. Thank you very much for this honor. James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Thank well, so you. the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. I have no idea. What a question, huh? Totally, totally reasonable. And they tortured him for asking it. And the flip, I have no idea. Is that a guy who's leveling with us? Is he before God? He said he would level with us. Before God. May God have mercy on Joe Biden's soul. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. What a statement, huh? What a, wow. That is a full-blown lie, and he brought God into it. I'm sorry, that man's in trouble. That man is in serious trouble. Uh, It's not my role to judge. I'm just connecting the dots here. And uh, (laughs) if you bring God into it and you make this uh, public profession and remember, he told us all along, you know, that he had a his reputation for honor and integrity, that it was superior somehow. <sighs> yeah, I don't think I don't think America was fooled. I just don't. I think they ripped it off Trump. I do. Can I prove it? No. 
I can show you actually, I can show you a hell of a lot of circumstantial evidence and I can also go through the Pennsylvania situation, but that man, and how, how's this for honor and integrity? On inauguration day, his brother, Frank, Frank Biden, goes on television in a commercial for a law firm. He's not even a lawyer. He goes on TV in a little commercial spot announcing that you can buy a Biden anywhere in Florida. He'll show up at your door. Go ahead. I'm Frank Biden. I'm the non-attorney senior advisor to clients statewide who need diversified business solutions through the Berman Law Group. I'm available for consultation with attorney Teddy Berman in any of our offices statewide. Hey, <laughs> I'd like Frank Biden to show up uh, Pensacola, Florida tomorrow at nine. I got some issue. What is that? How much does that cost? Why would you have a non-attorney there? What would he? Isn't that, that's kind of outright corruption right there. Now what the, the swamp will actually do, they'll defend that. They'll defend that. They'll say that's not against the law. Like our standard is that low. Is it just what what you can get arrested for or not arrested for? Is that how we vote? You know, oh, you can do anything you want as long as you're not arrested for it, as long as it's legal within the law. Hey, by the way, it's legal to lie. It, you can lie your ass off throughout life. Under certain circumstances, it's illegal on the stand, the witness stand. It's almost impossible to prove. That's called perjury. Very hard to prove perjury. You can lie your ass off about anything. And there, there's no law about that. You can just do it. Now, if you lie to the point that you're ripping off people and that kind of thing, then you get into uh, then you get into criminality. It's funny. You know, they're always t- telling, oh, D- Donald Trump, he's a fraud. He's a fraud. I can't think they use that word about him. He's not stolen money from anybody. Where is the victim? Show me the victim who says they were ripped off by Trump. Even I keep hearing these little rumors. Oh, you don't know, understand how many people he ripped off. Uh, where are they? Why aren't they on the MSNBC? It's got 24 hour hate of Trump. Why didn't I see any of them ever? Hey, the latest is they're trying to violate. They're trying to get the attorney out of the attorney-client privilege situation. They want Trump's lawyers to talk. Can you believe that again? More than wasn't Michael Cohn enough? Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, as much dirt as there is on Hunter, the laptop, et cetera, and all the stuff that he was trying to do, you know who was apparently much more successful at the at the grift uh, was uh, the bro- the brothers, uh, Frank Biden and James Biden. You never hear about those guys. You never see them either. Try finding a picture of Frank, uh, Jim, and Joe all in one place. Uh, it's very hard to do that. They, uh, they keep their distance. I don't think they want to be seen together. Uh Daily Mail exclusive, Jim Biden admitted he was hired to negotiate with Saudis over a secret $140 million deal because of his position and relationship to his vice president brother, Joe, who would be, quote, instrumental to the deal. Bombshell affidavit claims President Biden's brother was hired to engage in secret negotiations with the Saudi government on behalf of a U.S. construction company because of his relationship with the then-Vice President legal documents claim. Jim Biden was selected because Saudi Arabia would not dare stiff the brother of the Vice President, who would be instrumental to the deal, bombshell affidavits obtained by DailyMail.com allege. Joe's younger brother, Jim, 73, 
was at the center of a $140 million settlement negotiation between Hill International, it's a construction firm, and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in 2012. According to the documents, Jim told a former senior U.S. Treasury official working as a private investigator that he was hired to negotiate with the Saudis because of his position and relationship to Vice President Joe Biden, who led delegations to Saudi Arabia at the time. Wow. That's uh, that's a problem. That's a big problem. In the affidavit, the former Treasury official Thomas Sullivan described his sit-down interview with Jim Biden about being hired to negotiate with the Saudis. Sullivan claimed the president's brother told him, of course, the Biden name didn't hurt. And Jim's wife, Sarah, who was present, allegedly said that Joe and his brother told each other everything. Biden stated that he was often sent to meetings to represent Hill because, of course, the name did not hurt. And he was the former vice president's brother, or words to that effect. He repeated this statement at least twice during the interview. I asked specifically if he had attended a meeting with the Saudi Ministry of Trade in mid-February of 2012 to receive the final payment for the work Hill had performed. He answered that to the best of his memory, he had been at such a meeting and that the reason he had attended was because of his position and relationship with his brother. Now, what the Democrats will say right away, this is not illegal. Well, number one, there's a big question mark about that. And number two, Joe told us about his reputation for honor and integrity. This is slimy stuff that we don't like. And whether or not the swamp arranged for this kind of crap to be legal, it's besides the point. We don't like it. Well, what about the Trump kids? I heard Jared uh, has a deal with Qatar. Well, number one, Jared was an international businessman uh, 10 years before he ever met Donald Trump. It's true. Guy was a millionaire in, in, in college. He was buying and selling buildings, office buildings in college. The man bought the most expensive office building in the world before he even met Ivanka. 666 Fifth Avenue. Remember, top of the sixes used to be the swanky joint. Then it became the Havana Club, the cigar place. I can't stand cigars, by the way. Every Everyone offers me a cigar. I feel like I, I always accept it. I don't know how to smoke it. I don't know what to do. I can't keep the damn thing going, you know? I just, uh And it's it tastes crummy, and it makes your clothes never the same. The Havana Club. But, hey, some people love them, and that's and, and good for them. They rent out a box and all that stuff. Uh, Jared overpaid for that building a lot. I think it was like $1.7 or something like that. It was a lot of money. Oh, by the way, those uh, amateur attorneys who have been trying to nail Trump, and they'll continue. They're going to – they are so obsessed – and they're going to bend the law to get Trump. They'll do whatever they have to do. Just look it up. This Mark Pomerantz book basically says it out loud, their corrupt agenda. Uh, oh, and one example, they're saying, like, see, Trump is such a liar. Uh, and they get him to say, when you're, value, when you're placing a value on a property, would you say that a $100 million overvalue is a lot of money? And, and Trump says... Well, that depends. And then this guy Palmer is like, you see, he said it depends a hundred million dollars. Huh? What kind of person is this? Who? Of course, that's exaggerating. Of course, that's criminal. A hundred million. Well, did you hear how much the office building cost? One point seven billion. When you're when you're buying and selling buildings in the billion dollar range, what's a hundred? What's a hundred million? It's 10 percent. That's a commission for some people.
1.7 billion, 1.8 billion, 100 million isn't all that much. And Trump says, you know, property is a funny thing. And it is a funny thing. It's kind of in the eye of the beholder. And it's also what anybody is willing to pay for it. Whatever happened to that old adage? Something is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. Anyway, they really, uh, they really went after him. And I can't stand uh, I guess it's good that there are more candidates running for president. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Jim Biden's role in the Saudi negotiation emerged after a spat between the U.S. construction firm Hill and their erstwhile lawyers over a payout from the Saudis. The Saudi government owed Hill $140 million for their work building desalination plants in the Middle Eastern Kingdom dating back to the 1980s. Desalination, that's where they take the salt out of the water. It's pretty fascinating when you think about it. A February 2011 contract obtained by the Daily Mail shows Hill hired three law firms, R.L. Walker, Langford and Reed, and Poblete Tario, to help rake the money back. For years, their negotiations were part of the special claims process, a U.S. government program to settle the kingdom's unpaid debts to American firms. But Langford and Reed claims Hill also hired Jim, Jim Biden, around 2011 to fix a backdoor settlement for $100 million and failed to pay the lawyers their 40% cut after years of working on the case. Hold on a second. Wow. Rankford and Reed, the law firm, they're claiming that Hill Construction, who they're working for, hired Jim Biden around 2011 to fix a backdoor settlement for $100 million and failed to pay the lawyers their 40% cut after years of working on the case. How about that? In a May 2022 affidavit, it's just a few months ago, Langford and Reed partner Thomas Langford described the alleged double-cross. After many delays, a meeting was finally scheduled for mid-February 2012 in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, he wrote. The professional firms were excluded from this meeting. Hill, acting through its CEO, Irvin Richter, sent Jim Biden, the then-sitting vice president's brother, Richter confided that he selected Biden because the kingdom of Saudi Arabia would not dare stiff the brother of the vice president who would be instrumental to the deal. Ooh. The lawyer claimed that Jim later admitted that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Hill had secretly agreed to settle the claim through the award of future contracts. Mr. Biden further confirmed that Richter used Biden as a settlement intermediary in order to capitalize on the influence and orchestration of the settlement by the vice president, then vice president. The lawyers hired an investigator to question Jim and his wife about the alleged backdoor deal, and they allegedly obtained some shocking admissions from the president's brother. Sullivan interviewed Jim at his home in Marion Station, Pennsylvania. I think that's a suburb of Philadelphia. I asked Mr. Biden to describe his position with Hill International, the former Treasury official wrote. He said that he had been hired to do business development work for them and that Saudi Arabia was a country that Hill had him assigned to assist with. James stated that he was told that the final payment would be made in both cash and a very large amount of new future contract work. Sullivan added that he had a brief exchange with Jim's attorney wife, Sarah, who told him he doesn't like us talking to people. Who's he? Who's he? Sullivan added that he had a brief exchange with Jim's attorney wife, Sarah, 
who told him he doesn't like us talking to people. I guess that's the husband. The affidavit. Yeah. Oh, that's my question. Okay. The, 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 the next paragraph, the affidavit does not specify who he refers to, but a source briefed on the case told dailymail.com that it was Joe Biden. I did not ask for a further explanation since I was looking at two large men in dark suits in a big black sedan parked on the side street, looking directly into their house down the walkway. I had just exited Sullivan wrote, I thought they were some type of security, probably Secret Service. Joe Biden's family were not entitled to Secret Service protection at the time, as he had ended his term as vice president. That's interesting, by the way. These guys, these amateurs, they totally overreact. It totally throws them when they get security, when they're eligible for it. Joe Biden's been around for a long time. He's 80 years old. And for 70 of those years... He did not have Secret Service protection. So <laughs> it's a fairly novel thing for him. And he abuses it. It makes him feel powerful. It makes him feel important. That's why they want him around. I've met some amateurs like that before. One public official, won't mention his name because he's still out there and he's not a bad guy, but I had a party once at my house and he actually raided protection. Letter of the law, he get 24-hour security if he really wanted it. And guess what? He came to the party with two detectives as if we were going to poison him or I was going to, someone was going to deck him. Nobody knew who the hell he was. Anyway, Sarah and I walked to my car. She told me that her husband and his brother were very close and that they told each other everything. I reached inside to give her a card. And just as I did, a blue sedan with a single male driving pulled up quickly into their driveway. She said, see what I mean? Uh, all right. Well, uh, Langford and the other attorneys involved did not respond to requests for comment. Jim Biden and his wife were also intimately involved in Hunter Biden's multi-million dollar deal with the Chinese government linked oil giant CEFC, a deal which is currently under investigation by federal prosecutors. I'm sure they're really aggressively pursuing that, huh? Federal prosecutors. Joe Biden has denied knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings, but the revealing comments by Jim and his wife in 2021 in the affidavit could cast doubt on those claims. When reached, Sarah Biden declined comment, and Jim Biden did not respond to comment requests. A source close to, you see, yeah, I, and I'm looking at a guy, this guy, Irvin Richter. He confided that he selected Biden because the kingdom of Saudi Arabia would not dare stiff the brother of the vice president who would be instrumental in the deal. How much money did Jim get for this? And negotiating a $100 million, uh, I think he's a rich man. I think he's a rich man. Uh, this company uh, that hired Jim as an executive vice president in late 2010, and Jim took a minority ownership stake in the company. Six months later, it won a $1.5 billion deal to build at least 100,000 affordable homes in Iraq, in part thanks to the Obama State Department. Joe Biden was Obama's point man on Iraq at the time. <laughs> These guys are so dirty. They are so dirty. Mm. Oh, it's not against the law. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I, I, No, I think it just might be. You ever see how many laws and rules and regulations govern these guys? about what they can and cannot do. It's almost impossible to do anything, actually, the federal government. All right, Saul in Long Island. Yeah, hi. Hey, Greg. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, to mention one more time that it doesn't really matter who runs on the Republican side because there is no way 
that you're going to convince me that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. I'm not going to try to convince you of that. Okay. So now what makes you think that that they're not going to do the same thing over and over again? Those are not Democrats that you're dealing with. Those are communists. Sal? Take a look. Take a look. The military, FBI, CIA. And now they playing around with immigration, too. Okay? Immigration, United States has the best immigration system in the world. It's called sponsorship, right? I came, I came under that, and next day I went back to work, and I never stopped ever since. Where did you now come you from? you don't have to do that. Where did you come I'm, from? I'm from Kosovo. Oh. Now you don't need to do that anymore. Now you can come to Manhattan, and you can stay in a hotel for 10 years, Everything is going to pay for who the hell is going to get up and go to work. And that's what you have. I hear you, Saul. This is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night, especially, especially the election stuff. I mean, it's a good point. You should make it. Uh, you know, we're here. We are all, you know, gaming the Republican primary and, you know, who's got the advantage and Trump and hey, thank you, Haley. Whoever the nominee is, uh, I believe it's rigged such that they will just uh, steal it all over again. Yeah, that's what I think happened. All right, I do. And relax, everybody. This is still a free country, and you can believe in this stuff. <laughs> it's not misinformation. It's not disinformation. It's common sense. Thank you, Sal. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Toxic fears after a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, required the burning of train cars carrying flammable gas to prevent a catastrophic explosion. Residents reportedly have complained now about a burning sensation in their eyes. Dead fish have turned up in rivers. And one woman says her hens and rooster died suddenly. Uh, and where is the government? This is a environmental catastrophe, a humanitarian catastrophe happening in rural uh, Ohio, not far from the Pennsylvania border. And there's been no movement, no significant movement. This is a genuine concern that people have. Our president is uh, MIA, AWOL. He couldn't lead, actually, even if he wanted to. Uh, A lot of what's happening right now reminds me a bit of, did you see my show last night? Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. I had this vague recollection. I read the book in the 1990s, actually, when I was in the Marine Corps. And uh, I remember the, the train crash. There was a big train crash. And, like, the society was kind of falling apart because people's work was not being rewarded. Uh, there was corruption. There was kind of a – people were defying facts. Uh, the political power was everything. And it's all there in the – Atlas Shrugged. And actually, here's a little clip from the movie Atlas Shrugged. Let's go with, uh, what is this? Cut, cut 17, please. Midas Mulligan. Who's asking? Someone who knows what it's like to work for himself and not let others feed off the profits of his energy. Who are you? We found a note. What did it say? It said, who is John Galt? History. A Tigers transcontinental freight train has crashed and derailed. And the derailment, by the way, looks exactly like the one that we have in Ohio. And in the book, it happens because, well, a lot of things, um, corruption, uh, incompetence, 
political pressure. It's all there. Politician bullies the railroad employees to cutting corners. There's a massive explosion. Uh, everybody seeks to avoid blame and responsibility and to ignore the crisis. Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, a very smart person who lived just a few blocks from here. I think she lived on 34th Street. Yeah, she lived on 34th Street, born in Russia. Uh, Sandra is standing by. Oh, wait a second. Uh, stand by. So- yes, yeah, Sandra, hi. Hi, good afternoon, Greg. Um, you know, I wanted to mention about Nikki Haley. I agree with you so much. I, I wrote down she's no threat, no chance, no worry. And I think that she even asked Donald Trump, would he mind if she ran? And he was very gentlemanly. He said, if that's what you want to do, I have no problem with that. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. But I also wanted to say that DeSantis, he should, like you say, should wait his turn because isn't there a learning curve when you get into the White House? I mean, we don't have time to wait for him to learn what Trump already knows. The so Trump goes right in and, and tries to turn things around. So I wanted to say that. And um, I, Tulsi Gabbard, she, yeah, that's the type of person I would want if I'm going to have a woman, not Nikki Haley. She just doesn't do anything for me. But then I just wanted to ask you a question about um, Peyton Gendron. Who? She got the life, uh, the one that killed the 10 black people in the supermarket, Peyton Gendron. Uh, is that, I didn't know his name. Anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he got life in prison, but I didn't understand the different part that I read. Then it said he can also get the death penalty if it goes to the federal circuit or something. I didn't understand how once you get one sentence, it can be changed to another. Well, he may have federal civil rights charges and they can go with the death penalty. Although I think technically, don't we have the death penalty on the books here? Didn't Pataki make that happen? Although it hasn't happened in a long time. Listen, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I did see the guy get rushed in court. Did you see that? The victim's family uh, guy ran after him and they had to yeah, uh, jump yeah. on him and then they ran the uh, that Peyton guy out of the courtroom. Uh, pretty Pretty well. Of course, they lied about that. And Joe Biden jumped on a plane because he thought he could exploit the case. Oh, you see this white supremacist, white supremacist, white supremacist. Any crime involving, uh, well, people of color, he is uh, not interested in. Okay, it's all optics. It's all um, racial politics. It's it's a shame. He's supposed to be the president of all people, isn't he? All right, Sandra, thank you. There's the music. Uh, 10 p.m. tonight. Oh, I got another guy who's running for president potentially. Very smart guy named uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, incredibly wealthy and intelligent entrepreneur from Ohio. I'm really having him on to find out more about the train stuff. Anyway, many thanks. I'll be right back. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Mike Pence. Mike Pence is serious. He's really, uh, he's really running for president, huh? Uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen. We don't want our politicians, uh, wooden. We want them to be, uh, human beings. We want them to be, uh, able to think on their feet. And that's something that he can't do. He'll meet with Mark Short and um, 85 staff members, and he'll pray on it for a couple of weeks, and then he'll say something. And then he'll retreat, and he'll do the same thing all over again. Uh, We can't have that. He needs somebody nimble, and he's not nimble. Um, You do know that a United Airlines flight (laughs) 
mysteriously just plunged a thousand feet right after takeoff. It was like at 4,000 feet, then it plunged. It almost crashed into the water. It almost crashed into the water. Man, this thing. And you had that FedEx plane that almost crashed into a Southwest air jet collision. I think it's, it's a lot of things all coming together. Okay. It's a country that is checked out on dope and Netflix. <laughs> dope and Netflix is not a recipe for national greatness. Is it? No, of course not. Um, no, no, it's bad news. Bad news. All right. Let's see here. Oh, when are we going to have some accountability, please? And I think it's going to make, I'm going to actually have to demand accountability from those 51 former intelligence guys who signed that bogus letter saying the laptop was Russia disinformation. Remember that I had the letter right here at the moment of truth. These, there are a couple of things. They're either out and out liars and traitors or possibly just totally incompetent. And they actually thought a laptop that they had never seen before was Russia disinformation. It has all the earmarks of a Russia disinformation campaign. Uh, how is that? Exa- I mean, like, like uh, that's something bad happened to a Democrat. That's uh, a Russia disinformation campaign. Well, it happened in 2016. Yeah, Russia spent $80,000 on Facebook ads over a three-year period. Man, they... St- <laughs> They, they, you look at that speech that Donald Trump gave on January 20th of 2021. You think they were going to stand by and allow that swamp to be drained? They set out to stop him. They did whatever it took, including rigging the next election. Absolutely. I can't wait till the next person confronts me about that. Can't wait. You prove to me that Joe Biden got more votes, genuine votes. You proved to me that Joe Biden got more votes of black people in Philadelphia than Barack Obama did. Yeah. Show me the evidence. I'll show you corrupt elections of commissioners who were partying their asses off at the same time complaining about the emotional stress that they suffered and how they were always afraid because they were criticized online for their, well, corruption. Um, all right. So there's this letter. And a lot of people should be paying a big price, but they're out and about just living their lives. Do you remember this? October 19th, 2020. We are all individuals who devoted significant portions of our lives to national security. Some of us served in senior positions in policy departments and agencies, and some of us served in senior positions in the intelligence community. Some of us were political appointees, and some of us were career officials. Many of us worked for presidents of both parties. Wow, they're so, that's so impressive. They worked for presidents of both parties. It's all the same swamp. We all also... Uh, We are all also individuals who see Russia as one of our nation's primary adversaries. All of us have an understanding of the wide range of Russian overt and covert activities that undermine U.S. national security. They used all of their experience, all the stuff we trusted them with, and they used it for partisan political ends. Bastards, each one of them. Perhaps most important, each of us believes deeply that American citizens should determine the outcome of, of elections, not foreign governments. You think we need to hear this from you? And here's the part. Here we go. It is for all these reasons that we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, much of it related to his time serving on the board of the Ukrainian gas company Burisma, 
has all the classic earmarks of a Russia information operation. We want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post by President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are genuine or not, and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement. Just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. They are lying. They were doing anything they could to stop Trump. They knew this is a political operation by them. And this stinking letter signed by 51 corrupt bureaucrats allowed Joe Biden to stand up on that debate stage and say that this was a smear job coming from Russia. He actually said that. Remember, he lied to a 100 million people. And even to this day, he has never been confronted by that laptop about it. Nope. He can just nobody has the nerve to ask him. Why is that? Isn't this American? Aren't we supposed to have uh, balls? I'm sorry. Hate it when people say that, but it's true. Hey, where's that thing? Yeah. Uh, 28, please cut 28. What was this promise again? Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. Well, what about the laptop? (laughs) When are you going to level with us about that? You son of a bitch. You son. Gosh. Now, look at this. Look at this. These uh, these bureaucrats write as follows. Our view that the Russians are involved in the Hunter Biden email issue is consistent with two other significant data points as well. According to the Washington Post, citing four sources, U.S. intelligence agencies warned the White House last year that Giuliani was the target of an influence operation by Russian intelligence. You know, it's wild. This is what they do. This is an old classic Washington game. The intelligence officials leak to the Washington Post. And then they go around saying, well, the Washington Post said it. They cite the Washington Post as their source. But they're the source for the Washington Post. Um, pretty amazing. So who are the people on this list? Jim Clapper, former director of national intelligence. Somebody helped bring us the Iraq war. Michael Hayden, former director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Leon Panetta, director CIA, secretary of defense. John Brennan, CIA director, White House, Homeland Security and counterterrorism advisor. Thomas Finger. Former Deputy Director of National Intelligence. goes on and on and on. Most of these people you don't know. Oh, John McLaughlin, former CIA Director. Michael Morell, former CIA Director. I'm looking them up one by one, and I'm calling each of them. Each and every one of them. And actually, a lot of them don't have phone numbers. So I'll just go about abusing them on the social media. They deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. How can they go and show their face in public and not be called out for this? This attempt to... To... Overturn our democracy. That's what I think it was. Their attempt. Their attempt. They kicked the oldest newspaper in the world, the oldest newspaper in the world, in the country, offline at the key moment, at the key moment of uh, the 2020 campaign. Hey, anything new with that U-Haul van that ran up on the sidewalk and killed one guy and injured about 10 others? It's pretty interesting that they just fell all over themselves right away to say absolutely no terrorism, none whatsoever. Cut 29. At this time, we have no indication that there is any terrorism involvement in this incident. No. 
Boy, she really emphasized the no. I don't know what it is, but Democrats get very, very uh, sensitive about terrorism. Like they don't want to acknowledge it when it happens. Somehow they think that they may have done a bad job, which is probably true. But Benghazi is a great example of this. Remember, the administration bent over backwards. This was not terrorism. And they were terrified that somebody would call it terrorism. But Bill de Blasio was very reluctant to call terrorism terrorism when it happened. In my backyard, and I was living in Chelsea at the time, cut 30, Bill de Blasio uh, strenuously avoiding calling bombings in the neighborhood terrorism. Cut 30. Oh, there was a bombing. That much we do know. We know it's a very serious incident. But we have a lot more work to do to be able to say what kind of motivation was behind this. Was it a political motivation, a personal motivation? What was it? We do not know that yet. Hey, somebody puts in nails in a bomb. That's clearly an act of terror, but they don't want to say it. It's funny. Bill de Blasio, the moment a police officer was accused of uh, misconduct of anything, he he didn't need all the facts. He just said it. He just said it. The cop is in the wrong. This amazing sequence. My jaw dropped when I saw it. A cop is uh, right on Broadway and I think like 10th Street, right in the middle of Black Lives Matter rally. Uh, Black Lives Matter, I'm sorry, riots, riots. And a guy goes up to a cop. The cop's back is turned to him and hits him over the head with a big piece of wood, like some sort of club, really hard. Cop goes down. His buddy pulls out his gun. That's a use of deadly force right there. And the video went viral, not the part where he got hit in the head. Interestingly enough, I found that part. It was right there. Everybody deleted that part. And they kept the part where the cop takes out his gun. Why did he take out the gun? There I am sitting on my couch, and I figured out the whole thing. Yet Bill de Blasio smells an opportunity. Cut 31, please. Cut 31. It is not the place of an officer to pull a gun in the middle of a crowd, knowing that there are peaceful protesters in that crowd, that is unacceptable. That is dangerous. Unacceptable. That is dangerous. Unacceptable. That is dangerous. Well, that's what aiming is for. OK, that's why you, that's why you have a little uh, you've got a little uh, sight on the on the gun. All right. You aim. You aim it at people. And just shoot wildly. What the hell does he know about anything? Can you believe that he was actually running this city for a while? Fascinating how they. Everything is everything is determined. By racial politics, everything, 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 everything. It's all about race. It's all about race. And God help you if you are a suspect and you happen to be white because the criminal justice system is coming for you and also the media, the media are coming for you. Cut 32, please. Cut 32. Here's a suspect, okay? He's a 21-year-old white man. This 21-year-old white male mass murderer the suspect arrested 150 miles away after a chase is a white man. The suspect in custody is white. This has not been labeled a hate crime. But on one level, the motive doesn't matter because regardless, it generated fear in the Asian American community. The white people. The white people are responsible for it. You know, this this was a thing and I kind of understood I understood the sensitivity involved where every time on the news, it was like black suspect, this black suspect, that black perpetrator, black, 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 black. And there was pushback. And I, I actually kind of was somewhat sensitive to that. 
And I thought maybe, you know, you can show the race. Do you have to emphasize it so much? You can just show the descript. You can show the person they're looking for as opposed to just. I could see over time how that could rub some people the wrong way. Yes, it's true. Disproportionately crime being committed by happens to be. You can look it up. People of color. Um, but the emphasis of it, just like that emphasis. And oh, by the way, they're the minority. You want to look up who's committing the anti-Asian hate. Take a look at those figures. Take a look at that. It's 95% African-American. That's who's hassling the Asian community. All right? Elements of the African-American. A very small number, but it's predominantly that. Uh, but don't say that. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Hey, have you heard about chat GPT here? Here's everybody swooning about chat GPT. It's a fancy way to Google these days. Go ahead. Cut 33. The viral new chatbot tool called chat GPT. When put to the test, the chatbot has answered questions with responses. It appears if a real human being wrote it, it is remarkable and a little bit scary stuff. ChatGPT is like a sort of personal assistant, a very clever personal assistant that uses vast amounts of data with artificial intelligence to give scarily accurate, detailed and human-like answers. ChatGPT has the potential to influence our lives, dramatically changing how we gather information, how we communicate, even how we work. All right, it sucks. I've tried it. It totally sucks and it's useless, quite frankly. So you type in questions, you type you type, it might be helpful for some things, but here's an example of how biased it is, all right? They say you can ask it philosophical questions, and you can get it to write essays for you and all that stuff. So I ask it, why does Joe Biden lie so much? I type that in, and 10 seconds later, my answer starts typing out. There is no evidence to support the claim that President Joe Biden lies more than other politicians or individuals in positions of power. <laughs> there is no evidence they say it is common for politicians to face scrutiny and criticism for their statements, and their statements are often fact-checked and evaluated for accuracy. While it is possible that some of President Biden's statements may be perceived as untrue or misleading, it is important to evaluate each statement on its own merits and in the context in which it was made, rather than making broad assumptions about a person's character or attentions. It is worth noting that political discourse can be highly polarized and it is not uncommon for people with different political views to interpret the same statements in very different ways. Like when he said he had three degrees and he only had one. Like when he said he graduated at the top of his law school class and he graduated at the bottom. Right. These things are cut and dried. Like he said, he won the international moot court competition and he hadn't even entered it. Right. When he said he was a champion football player and he got kicked off the team. Right. Okay. When he said that he was uh, denied entry into the military, the draft, because of asthma, but he never complained about asthma once in his life. He didn't have it. Stuff like that. We know this guy is a liar. And this damn thing, they want us to be working for chat GPT, artificial intelligence. It is not our friend. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. She's running for president of the United States, Nikki Haley, all focused on that pipsqueak state, South Carolina. I know it's fine. I've been to Charleston and uh, whatever. It's just a state uh, making such a big deal out of it. I don't think she's going to. 
I don't think she has any chance whatsoever. And one of the beefs I have with her is uh, that she's making it about race. She really is. That's uh, that's her niche. That's her lane. That's her path. All that uh, p- politician consultant talk. That's what they talk about. Uh, ooh, how will she define herself? Okay, and uh, so far, she's not white. She's not black. She's different. She's different. She said she's brown in a black and white world. She's brown. Uh, why don't you go off and write an autobiography about your racial awakening, just like Barack Obama did? Those days are over. We don't want any part of them, okay? We don't want to talk about that stuff anymore. You know what your race fixation has brought on? Uh, race fixation in general, Black Lives Matter, and we're still living with it. The legal, the legalization of shoplifting. Got a crazy video here. Three women go into a sunglass store and steal about 800 pairs of sunglasses. And nobody stops them. Not even the security guard. It's literally been decriminalized. Give me a moment, please. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's actually in my book. Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement. Shoplifting has been effectively decriminalized, I write, and thieves routinely walk out of stores with whatever they want, knowing that the store clerks are generally told not to try to stop them, and that even if the police do arrest them, they will be set free almost immediately. Pharmacies across the city are shutting down rather than taking the mounting losses from crooks, whose money out of mosey out with bags of expensive goods. High-end retailers on Madison Avenue now keep their doors locked and buzz clients in or simply stay closed and ask their regular customers to make appointments. New York City is on a downward spiral. Jose Alba, remember him? 61-year-old grocery store walker was attacked by a thug who was angry that Alba would not let his girlfriend have a bag of chips without paying. While being beaten up, Alba managed to grab a knife and stab his attacker, who died. Alba, whom many New Yorkers applauded as a hero, was charged with murder. The charges were eventually dropped, but this case uh, summed up the official attitude toward crime. Just lie back and let it happen. Gangs of muggers targeting lone joggers or pedestrians have reemerged in Manhattan, and a new generation of New Yorkers is learning not to take safety for granted anymore. It is no longer unusual to walk around good neighborhoods and see drug addicts lurching around like zombies or defecating on the sidewalk. By the way, twice yesterday I saw grown men urinating. Grown men, and they weren't even bashful about it. I mean, in an emergency... I've run behind a gas, like a gas station. If there was no bath, you know, I, I, uh, I've gone into the woods, deep into the woods, so deep into the woods, I almost got lost. You got to be discreet about that when you, right? And the, the emergencies happen. This guy took it out, excuse me, on Third Avenue. Made no effort to uh, conceal his business. Wow, we're in trouble. This book can help, though. I do believe. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, available still wherever books are sold. And it's 6 p.m. on Saturday. I'll be in Ronkonkoma. Uh, should be a great event. Max in Manhattan, hello. Hello, Greg. Thank you for taking my call. Um, two things. Uh, 
that we would need in, to improve the voting problem. One is paper ballots. Um, two, to have the, the, when the paper ballots are being counted, to have them videotaped, the individuals videotaped as they're counting. Number, number three, uh, you were talking about terrorism before. Um, some years back, you had Michelle Bachman write a 16-page paper about one of the assistants to Hillary Clinton saying we should question uh, her, uh, her terrorist ties, and that was Uma Abedin. Yeah, I don't think Huma's uh, tied to terrorism, and I, quite frankly, did not like uh, Michelle Bachman. I thought she was well, too. I thought she was crazy and unhinged. I didn't like her. I didn't like her, and uh, I think Huma. I disagree with her politically. You know how I feel about Hillary, but uh, I didn't like that. And okay, oh yeah, wait a second. Her great grandfather was in the uh, Muslim Brotherhood or something like that. I don't give a damn. All right, you know they do it to our side all the time. Anna Paulina Luna may or may not have had an uncle who was a. Who was in Germany in 1938 and may have been on the enemy's side. Okay. Now what do we do with that? Do we not trust, uh, Anna Paulina Luna forever? I, 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 you know, all right, Max, your other points are fine, but, uh, no, I don't like Michelle Bachman. I don't like that paper. And I think we should leave Huma Abedin alone. Uh, but I agree with you about the paper ballots. And of course, so does Trump. You know, that's a big thing with him, right? No. What do you mean? Uh, he's talking about paper ballots all the time. He talked about oh, okay. it in his in his uh, campaign launch. We've got to go back to voter uh, uh, paper ballots and voter ID. I totally agree. All right, Max, thank you. Uh, let's try Mike. Where are you, Mike? Mike. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. What's up? Um, we were talking about uh, the swamp. The perfect example is it was just reported on. CNN that the government administration and higher ups are trying to make the first spy balloon. It was actually an accident that it went from Guam to Alaska, then hung out over Montana. If that's not swamp like, I don't know what is. I did not hear this. CNN's reporting it, so you got to take it with a big grain of salt. Wouldn't it be surprising that they're putting out fake information? The latest I heard is that they were following it every step of the way. It didn't just trigger an alarm when it got over Alaska. They were watching it all the way from China, which I think they're trying to put it out there that, oh, we had it all under control. No surprises here. It's just a joke. Yeah, right. He ordered it shot down when it was over Montana. They never got around to it until it was over the Atlantic Ocean. It stinks. He's He's scared of something. He won't talk. He's compromised. Something is up. It's dark. It's uh, right now. It's a secret, and they're not even telling. Uh, uh, you know, senators, congressmen. They're not even telling those guys. All right. I'm sorry. What else? Oh well, it's it's a perfect example of how he's compromised. All along, it's been spy balloon, spy balloon, and they can steer it, and they stopped it over military installations. Then a week later, someone told this administration, well. If you don't change that outlook, perhaps we'll release some information that we have on you yeah. and your dealings with us. I actually think That's it's that I simple. I, I agree with you. I think I think he's 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 being very careful about what he says. He does not want to offend the Chinese. Look up yeah. his interview on um, what was it uh, PBS last week. Uh, thank you very much. Listen to these republic. Listen to these senators, Democrat and Republican alike. They're not telling them nothing. Cut twenty seven, please. Cut twenty seven. 
No, I have no understanding, nor does anyone else, about how they're going to handle it the next time. Didn't really learn a darn thing. Did you get any answers as to what those other objects were? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. There ought to be more transparency, whether it's from the president in a national address or through some other senior official. The American people need and deserve more facts. Yeah, we sure do. And what did he say? What did he say? Cut 28. Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. Very much like a child. You know when a child gets a gift or you know makes promises, they want something and they make promises, they'll do anything, they'll say anything to get it. And for like 10 seconds, they're extremely grateful. Hey, by the way, Trump, uh, Biden is speaking right now in Maryland. Wow, he doesn't go very far. Remember for a while, he doesn't. they don't like to put him on airplanes for some reason. He doesn't go on airplanes all that often. Most of his trips are pretty damn close to Washington, D.C. And he's talking about inflation. And we got a problem there. Uh, oh, by the way. Uh, uh, let me try another one. Uh, let's go to Chris in New Jersey. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I guess God knows that Biden is a BSer. Anyway, uh I don't hear you that well, pal. What'd you do to your phone? There you go. What? Is that better? A little bit. I was going to say, God knows that Biden is. A we BS. heard that part. Keep going. Oh, the other part was, I think during the election, everybody I talked to says that it was cheated from him. I just think the American people didn't protest at all or enough. All right. Have the states look into the election. And one, one last thing. Well, Chris, hold on a second. Your sources, you say everybody. <laughs> everybody Chris talks to says it was stolen. Now, I happen to agree with everybody, but who are you talking to? Friends, family, what? Who? Just, yeah, mailman, uh, <laughs> people in different trades. Hey, I'm, I giggle because, I mean, at first, you know, the mailman said so. But you know what? The people do get it. Quite frankly, I trust the mailman more than I trust anybody on this this letter they signed, these intelligence officials who signed that letter saying it was Russia disinformation. I apologize to the mailman. The mailman knows stuff that the, the CIA doesn't. All right. Hey, Chris, thanks for calling. Give me one more thought. I got one last thing. Okay. I was going to say Trump's message should be to Democrats and all. If they're sick of the swamp getting rich off the American people that they should elect him so he can do that job. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of implicit. Everybody kind of knows that. Do you remember what he said on inauguration day when he was sworn in? He said for too long, this city has served itself and the people who work here that changes right here. And right now the elites profited while the people lost. I mean, he said that he said that out loud. I mean, I think that's, that's not new when it comes to Trump, right? I mean, we all kind of understand that about him. Uh, I am worried, and quite frankly, the closer it gets, and the next year is going to go very, 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 very fast. It already feels like it's fast. It feels like it's a matter of weeks, not months somehow. Uh, I'm worried about the election. I am. I'm worried that they're going to do it all over again. And the reforms we're talking about, uh, paper ballots, voter ID, it ain't going to happen by November of 24. Give me a moment, please. Thanks. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
And moments before the Rudy Giuliani show starts, uh, I'm joined by Rudy Giuliani, the subject and object of a Russia disinformation campaign. Just ask the fake news and the uh, corrupt intelligence community. Hey, Mr. Mayor, how are you? Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing well. I I I feel very very. Uh, I think I feel very uh, satisfied that much much of this is coming up. You know, uh, uh, coming out. I had dinner with the president on Sunday. Well, not dinner. We watched the Super Bowl together, huh. and he's very. Um, he goes around telling people, "We're going to have a big chart that says Rudy is right. Rudy is right." They keep coming in one, two, three, four, five. And uh, he says that just proves that uh, this has been false from the very beginning and that he, uh, it is terrible. He's been telling the truth. It, it isn't, it's uncanny, actually, Greg. They lie, and he's absolutely telling the truth. And then they go on and lie again, and people pay attention to them. <laughs> so they lie about Russian collusion. Dead lie. Lied. They paid for it. They paid for the whole phony story. It's incredible. And they count on people... And it's it's kind of, and it's kind of smart on their part in a weird way, because most people can't read all this stuff, they can't go through the documents. The fake news is not going to. They count on the fake news doing the work for them, but the fake news is not going to do the work for them. They're going to facilitate the bad guys. And I wanted to ask you real quick about Mark Pomerantz. He's that Ooh. nasty lawyer who wrote a, a book that I'm actually reading. And the stuff the guy says out loud, it's amazing to me. He basically admits to having a total and complete personal grudge and grievance against Trump, wants to get him, will do whatever it takes, jumps through all kinds of hoops to to come up with a ridiculous case that makes no sense. The lawyers are looking at him like he's crazy, but he tries to go ahead with it anyway. Do you know this guy? And, I do. Uh, I, I, tell he, me. Was in the, he was in the in my U.S. attorney's office. Uh, he's He's well known as a... Out of control zealot. Even in the best of days, he was a prosecutor that you'd have to be careful would bring a case out of zealousness against an innocent person. He has no filter, uh, intellectual or emotional, and he's extremely overrated as a lawyer. I always thought he was a pretty lousy lawyer because when you have those, uh, those, those, those kind of like, uh, Emotional outbursts, and um, you can't you can't control your intellectuality. It gets overwhelmed by your emotion. You're really meant for another profession. Maybe, um, oh, maybe not. Maybe not even a profession. Maybe like a permanent resident of a asylum. Or something. <laughs> hey, listen. How do we? I, and I thought of you again today because you're mentioned in the letter from those 51 intelligence officials. Oh, sure. Yeah. Who, yeah they sign the letter. They give Joe Biden cover to say that the laptop is Russia disinformation. By the way, Joe Biden has not been asked to correct the record. He's never been asked about the laptop oh, since that. It's incredible. No one has the nerve to ask him about what it. Should we ask him? Uh, he needs Why to be asked. Him? And what about? What about holding these people responsible? The fifty-one. Some of them are big names, like Mike Hayden, Jim Clapper, Leon Panetta. I thought I've I've given a lot of thought. I'm, I'm beyond giving thought. I'm talking to two lawyers right now about uh, suing them, as well as suing the president of the United States. The president personally defamed me. Now, people don't remember it. I do, and and my family does. But during uh, the debate, he mentioned my name. He did. He couldn't pronounce it, though. Did you notice uh, that? Oh, well, of course not. The guy never <laughs> took Latin, so he couldn't possibly, or understood it. So he couldn't possibly understand a name like Giulio Cesare, Giuliani. You know, Giuliani. Giuliani. But you could, sue him, you could sue him for that. 
Of course, I could sue him for it. He completely lied about me. Uh, he had to know. He had to know he was lying, which would make it uh, beyond times against Sullivan. He wasn't the president at the time that he did it. And as the Stormy Daniels case demonstrates, uh, for one, and uh, and then the case against Clinton for two, you can sue a president for the things they did before they were president. Doesn't mean you win, but they're not they're not immune from suit. That's wild. And he, he clearly defamed me. And I'm giving it uh, a lot of consideration. And he's never apologized. And he's just straight. And I know him for 35 years. It's not as if he didn't know me. He knows who I am. He would therefore know all the things I did. So he'd have to weigh all the things I did as against would I become a Russian agent? After all those years of, um, of breaking up the mafia and going after the FARC and fighting communism with Ronald Reagan, would I become a Russian agent? Well, what do they say? You... Uh you accuse your enemy of what you're guilty of. I think that's what a lot of these folks uh, have done. I think it got the core of it, really. Uh, the core of, of, their, of both the Clinton and Biden process. It's, uh, I think the psychologists call it projection. Hey, one other thing. I can't believe this is still out there. But in the Pomerantz book, and from what I'm reading, they're still trying to get this Stormy Daniels case going. Uh, and they think there's more there. And I could not believe his reasoning. He said, well... It was a criminal enterprise because the money, once the money was paid, that meant it was like dirty money, criminal money. And uh, I'm sorry, America, you know, you can pay somebody money if you want to. And they can, you, you can write a check. I don't see how it's the business of the government. But have you heard the same thing, that they're going to try yeah. to bring this case? Yeah, they're gonna, they are. And, of course, they're going to they're gonna rely on a witness that the U.S. attorney th- threw out. You realize that Michael Cohen was going to be their star witness. And after the 15th lie, they realized that they couldn't use him on the witness stand because every time they put him on the witness stand, he would testify to whatever it is. And then it would take uh, probably the worst lawyer in the world to not to fail to do this. But by the time he was finished, the jury would be laughing at him. He lied so often. Hey, by the way, Michael Cohen, I looked this up. You know how much he was paid by uh, by Donald Trump in like 2015? Seventy-five thousand dollars. Now that's not a full-time lawyer. That's uh, that's uh, that's, that's somebody a part-time, who... a part-time lawyer of of fairly low working on fairly low-level stuff. Right. So it's the the idea and the fake news says it all the time that uh, he was Donald Trump's you know primary. He was not Donald Trump. Never trusted him ever 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 ever. Donald Trump unfortunately made the mistake of being nice to him against the advice of almost every one of Donald Trump's friends and relatives who warned him that this guy, now, I don't know if they knew he was a crook. They thought he was a jerk. And he is. He's a painful jerk. And I didn't know he was a crook. I, uh, I would never assume that about somebody. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that was true of all of his family. But his whole family wanted him gone. And that's why he was basically gone during the election. And every time he'd appear on television, whoever the press secretary was, right, right down to Steve Bannon, would get in a lot of trouble. And he said, I didn't, I didn't put him on. <laughs> but the whole family would be yelling at the press secretary, what did you let him on for? Hey, Let him on. I don't even talk to him. Let me ask you, uh, can you tell us a little bit more what it was like, the Super Bowl party with the president, uh, Mar-a-Lago, I take it? What yeah, was that like? A, he, yeah, you know what you would find most interesting? He really knows football. He enjoys it. He knows it. Uh, sure, some of the conversation was about was about the run and uh, and about what's going to happen and the terrible condition of America and the absurdity of, I guess, the thing that probably dominated the absurdity of 
of uh, up to that point, Biden not saying a damn word. I mean, we were going back to we were going back to presidents like uh, Kennedy, you know, who spoke during the uh, Bay of Pigs, uh, first of all, and then the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis and Johnson and um, and Kent and and Nixon. And every every American president has examples of where with fairly, you know, large national situations, they come out and they assure the American people it's almost in the it's almost in the handbook of being president. Right. Right. When the American people are upset. The, Amer- the American president goes out and calms them down. That's what I did on September 11. I was borrowing from that playbook. A president should want to do this. I mean, that's kind of like the one of the cool parts about being president. You get don't to lead. Need, don't we need the answer to why he doesn't do it? I, I believe it has to do with his mental incapacity. How about, wait, wait, wait. I'm surprised you said that. I thought you were going to say because he's compromised, because the Chinese have stuff on him. 100%, 100% the second one. I think the guy doesn't know what to say. They, I mean, he's made a lot more money with China than the U.S. It's incredible. Hey, real quick, uh, the brothers, Jim Biden, Frank Biden, uh, that Congressman Comer says there's more on those guys than on Hunter. Do you agree with that? Uh, I don't, but I agree there's a lot. Hmm. I, I, but he may know something I don't know. All right. From what I know, but there's big stuff. I mean, once you hear it, it's going to sound like more than Hutch because you haven't heard this in, in a while. Right, right, right. Well, folks, you're in great hands with America's mayor, uh, Rudy Giuliani. He takes over. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rudy. Take care.